That was enthusiastic, <laughs> yes, to say the least. we're here. But I'm Delaney. I'm Savannah, and this is the Crime Chronicles. Forgot the name for a hot second. <laughs> Woo-woo! <laughs> it's been a while. Had to think about that, yeah. We're recording this the same day that we recorded Record. Bundy Part 2. Two, yeah. Um, so, we're yeah. a little rusty. And, um, we are releasing this episode... Between... between Ted Bundy Part 2 and Ted Bundy Part 3, because Ted Bundy, I have been working on this case for, like, weeks, and it's, like, it is so hard to get through sometimes, because it's just so much information and, like, fact-checking and all this stuff, and then also just, um, schedule things is because this is gonna work out. Um, yeah, I'm leaving a lot this summer, like, we are pre-recording, like, two episodes <laughs> today. today. And then the week I get back, we pre-record like four. four. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot. So, you so know. you know, lots of lots of stuff is going on. But hopefully, I say this with crossed fingers, we'll get back on our normal posting schedule on every Friday. Yes, um, because now that we've both gotten over being sick, because we were both sick, for and I had like a time you know, COVID. So, so we talked definitely about it did in not want to yeah. part two, but mm-hmm. like, hopefully. Everything will sort itself out, because with us pre-recording both Bundy Part 2 and my case today, um, it should, hopefully, it should, it should sort itself out. It'll, it'll get there. We've tried to plan a lot of it because of the way our schedule stuff is gonna work, work out, because Delaney's leaving the most, and then I'm leaving for, like, a week, and then it's... Yeah. So it's yeah. just a lot. But, you know, we're back, and um, I have a real interesting case for you guys today, but before we get into that, we have a couple of true crime things that we want to talk about. So first, we wanted to, even though it's been a while, we wanted to briefly talk about the updates in the case of of, uh, Brittany Drexel. Um, So, in the case, for those of you who don't know, Brittany Drexel's been missing since 2009, which is, like, and, you know, a while. A long time. A long time now. Like, over a decade. Um, but Raymond Moody has been charged with Brittany Drexel's kidnapping and murder, and her remains were found around a week before May 16th. I'm looking at... Roughly early May. <laughs> roughly early May. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, figure out how to phrase that, because the way I have it written down is last week, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So... But we just wanted to update you guys on that because we got a recommendation for it and we're definitely going to end up covering that. Yeah, like to soon. cover that case. And from what I understand, it's a pretty high profile one too. Yeah. Or at least it was for a long time. Yes. So yeah. I think I'll be covering that one eventually. Yeah. And then recently there's been a ton of Jane Doe's being identified. No, like this, literally like so many. All the time now, which is really great because then there's like, you know, closure and like, you know, all that good stuff. But um, one of the most recent ones is for a Jane Doe from Singer Island that who was identified after 48 years of unidentification. Which is crazy. So yeah, she was found in 1974, dead, um, and she was reported missing in 1972. And she has officially been identified as 15-year-old Susan Poole, which is like 15 years old, goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting about this case is that police believe she may have been a victim of the serial killer Jared, J- Gerard John Schaefer, um, who went on his spree from 1969 to 1973. So, and he was convicted of, like, murders of other teenage girls and stuff like that, and he is dead now. But, uh, yeah, so that one's an interesting one just because, like, just it's in connection. connection. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, there's a, been so many Jane Doe cases recently. No, that are literally. Like, like, earlier before, Delaney was like, we should talk about the Jane Doe case. And I was like, which one? Because yeah. I had a different one saved, and there was like, yeah, there's There a are ton. like at least three that we know of mm-hmm. circulating right now. Yeah. And I think that it's really good, and it just shows like advancements in technology mm-hmm. because, like, you think about when these bodies were found, there was no way to identify them. Well, for so. this girl, um, Quote, apparently, a genealogy team from Othram built a DNA profile and eventually confirmed her DNA by testing um, distant family members. That's so, it's like, so cool. It's just, I love, I love DNA stuff I like love that, DNA. it's so interesting. No, because, like, you talk about DNA and it, there used to be a time where you could only use DNA within, like, a certain time frame because it would mm-hmm. get too deteriorated for them to be able to actually get a DNA profile from that and be able to successfully identify someone, but with mm-hmm. recent technology, it's, like, so much easier to find who these people are, which is so, so important. Yeah. Advancements like, like that are wonderful. Yes. And we just watched, um, both of us watched Our Father, the new documentary oh, yeah. on Netflix. That is Ooh. insane. I have no idea if we, I don't think we talked about it, um, in Ted Bundy part one. Um, no, I don't think I don't so. think we did, but we watched it, like, right after we recorded that one. It was so crazy. It's insane. And the fact that, like, all these people are going out and getting DNA tested and just simply, like, trying to figure out, like, hey, like, where am I from? And then being like, oh, shit. Well, it's like, that's <laughs> like the 90 that, siblings. That's the thing that I want to do is, like, do an ancestry DNA Same. test. Just because I'm interested in, like, you know, like, ancestry and, like, you know, stuff like that. And these people, like, you know, they found out they're all, they have, like, a hundred siblings. It's crazy. But, Go watch that documentary. Yeah, that cr- it's documentary crazy. is crazy. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. Like, we both kind of started it and we're like, oh, they revealed that he did this, like, real soon. Like, it was just, it wasn't, we just were like, oh, Okay. Oh, so this is gonna be kind of boring, like we already know. It was it. not boring. It was not. <laughs> There's, like, cult shit. There's... It was not boring. Oh my gosh. It was very dude. interesting. Yes. Um, so, go watch that. That one's interesting. But, yeah. But, we're here today filming, and that's kind of all we're gonna talk about right now, because we talked about a ton in Ted Bundy Part 2. Yeah. So. And we're pre-recording this a little bit of in, in advance, so if there's more updates that are happening, like... As we speak. uh, Like, more recently, when we released this, it's... We'll cover them We didn't know about them yet. (laughs) Yeah. We're recording this, like, two weeks in advance, because I'm gonna be gone for For two two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So, So, but... Just a disclaimer. Yes. All right. All right. So, today, I have brought you, between Ted Bundy 2 and 3, not to disappoint, but (laughs) The Strange Disappearance of Lars Mittank. This is also known as the most famous, uh, like, missing person on YouTube because oh. of the footage Interesting. that's related to his case, because I'll talk about it a lot later, but there's some weird footage, like, it's the last time he's seen and it's on this footage. I think I know very vaguely about Probably. just the footage. That's, I think, the thing I know about. That's what I knew about this case because I had seen it on TikTok and then we actually got a recommendation for it, yes. which is so cool. So, shout out to you for recommending that. <laughs> I'm, like, catching my breath, still getting over getting sick, but... Yeah. All it's right. a rough spot, but we're here. I think All it right. was Coffee, Wine, and Crime who... Yes, yes it was. Who so, gave us that recommendation, so thank, thank you, you for, for that. Recommending this <laughs> case, because all I really knew about was the footage, mm-hmm. and it is crazy, dude. I am so excited. I was like... 
texting Savannah, I was like, I have, like, six pages of just background <laughs> and, like, series of events. Yes, dude. I'm so excited for this one. All right. I'm buckling in. Yes. So, Lars Matank was born February 19th, 1986. Also, I'm so sorry, but there are so many, like, German and uh, Bulgarian names yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I apologize. Also, I'm, as I said, still getting over getting sick, so I'm sorry if I mispronounce anything. Yeah. So... Lars grew up in Itzehoe, Germany, which was a smaller German city where he was said to have a really traditional childhood. Mm-hmm. Growing up, he found it easy to make friends and fit in easily with kids his age. Okay. Lars loved the outdoors and would often go on weekend trips, sometimes even out of the country of Germany, to see what other places had to offer. And he was just really in love with all things outdoors. Oh. And as a teen, he specifically developed a love for fishing and diving expeditions. So just like a... Nature outdoorsy guy. Yes. Well, the thing is, like, in Europe, I think it's weird because you can, they're all, like, all the, like, countries are so close together. Like, you can literally drive, like, 20 minutes and you're in a different country where here it's, like, you have to drive seven hours and you're still in the same state. No, literally. It's, like, it's very different there to where we're growing up. Yeah. So, it's just kind of cool to see that he's able to do that because I think that's a different experience than we get. A little expedition thing. Alright, so alongside his love for the outdoors, he also had a love for soccer and would often watch his favorite team, Werder Bremen, play their matches, like, with his friends. So that was something he really enjoyed doing. He just sounds like a, you know, Typical guy. Yeah. Also, just as an FYI, I'll be talking, because soccer is, like, a part of this case, and I'll be talking a bit about it, and, um, as we were just saying, I live in America, which is why we're referring to it as soccer and not football. Yeah. Because just not to confuse our little brains and <laughs> our <laughs> small, our uneducated brains. brains. And also just like for anyone else who lives in America, um, I was watching a documentary on this case and they kept referring to it as football and I kept having to be like, not football. What? What? Hold on. Yeah. So, uh, I also know pretty much nothing about the teams I'm referring to. So again... Sorry for any, yeah. like, miscommunications yeah. on Our little brains part. definitely don't know sports. That's, no, like, we definitely don't a big know area that we have no idea and about. And especially living in America, not soccer. No, no, no. So, or football, as football. one would say. Yes. So, feel free to correct me, but yeah, yeah. just as an FYI. When Lars wasn't at a game or exploring the outdoors, he was studying to be an engineer. Mm. So he was, like, a really well-rounded person. Yeah. And he even excelled in his classes, even with, like, extra coursework. And he never really seemed to struggle in, like, maintaining that balance. Okay. So he was just, like, you know, a nice dude. He was a good dude. Just chilling. And it wasn't... Because of his success, it wasn't long at all. Like, he was employed really young at the Wilhelm Shaven Power Plant. Mm. So he was, like, doing real good, and he was progressing in his job and this job sadly though did end up moving him away from his family Mm. and he was a really family-centered individual family-oriented yes and was really close to his family however he really did keep into close contact and he was so family-oriented in fact that when his dad had a stroke in 2012 and required more care he would drive back home on his weekends to help his mom with his dad's care oh that's sweet that's so sad, he was though. i know he was maintaining a social life he was maintaining like a work life a family was, life yeah and a family life like all at once and instead he was like 26 so Dang. instead of just staying and partying with his friends on the weekends he would drive back to Itzehoe to help take care of his dad that's sweet so he was just, like, a really cool dude, and people often said of him that he put others, like, before himself whenever he could. Yeah. So, 
Uh, other than his stroke that his father experienced in 2012, Lars seemed to have a really, really good life. Like, it was really smooth going, and he was doing well in his job. Yeah. However, that changed in 2014. Here we go. Yeah, so that was just a bit of background for you. Buckle and now in. you better get ready because we're going to go through the series <laughs> of events, and I kid you not, this is half of my notes. Okay, here we go. So, in June of 2014, 28-year-old Lars Matank set off for a week-long vacation in Varma, Varna, Bulgaria with five of his friends. Okay. On June 30th, Lars and his friends fly to Bulgaria, where they check into Hotel Viva, a four-star hotel along the beaches. Okay. They spent their time playing soccer on the beach, swimming, and clubbing. In fact, the first five days of the trip were largely uneventful. Yeah. Like, normal. Sounds like a nice little vacation. This this part is what reminds me of Natalie Holloway. Yeah, I was gonna say that, like, a hotel on the beach. you'll learn... It, nothing like Natalie Holloway. Yeah, nothing, so, nothing like nothing that. Nothing like that. Yeah. So, around the time they were there, the World Cup was coming up, and some of the larger matches were taking place. So, during the night of the July... The World Cup's, like, a big deal. <laughs> yeah, the World Cup's, like, a huge deal, and I think they were getting into some of, like, the semifinals and quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, all of that. So, on the night of July 3rd, and during the early morning hours of July 4th, Lars and his friends hung out at the Golden Sands Bar to watch Costa Rica and the Netherlands face off in their World Cup quarterfinals. Okay. During this, Lars proudly wore his favorite team's jersey, which was Werder Bremen. So... All of him and his friends were at this bar, they were just chilling, but sometime during the early morning, Lars got into an altercation with some Bulgarian graduates over, presumably, football. Yeah. But it isn't known the exact cause for this fight, and I couldn't find anything in any sources that said exactly what it was about. Okay. So just some sort of altercation. Yes. But it was said that both of these groups were really spirited when it came to their favorite teams, Mm. so it was likely because of the game. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But... His friends broke up the fight, and the night concluded with everyone in good spirits. Oh, good. Okay. Then him and Lars and his friends ended up being the last group at this bar. So it was, like, really early in the morning, Mm -hmm. and they were still at this bar, and everyone was starting to clear out. So they decided to head out around 4 a.m. This is when two of- They were there for a while. They were there for a long time. Okay. This is when two of his friends suggest stopping at a nearby McDonald's for a bite to eat. And everyone agrees, but Lars... Love McDonald's at five in the morning. Yes. Greatest. We love. (laughs) But Lars is an athlete, and he's a really health-centered person, so he's like, no, you guys, like, get a bite to eat, I'll keep walking to the hotel. Okay. Along this walk, Lars is attacked. Oh. Like, he's just walking back to his hotel. It's not that long of a walk. But he gets cornered by a group of people determined to either be Russian or Bulgarian. So these are some, like, big, hefty men. Yeah, they were... Coming after Lars. Um, he managed to get away from this attack, relatively unharmed, and he returned to the hotel where his friends were waiting for him, because they were like, where the fuck he at? (laughs) Where'd he he go? And he returned, and he was having ear pain, which was later uh, learned to be a ruptured eardrum as a result of a punch he took to the face. Was there any, like, specific reason for that attack? Or no. did he just kind of, like, wrong place, wrong time, maybe? Or? So, when he gets back to the hotel, he calls his girlfriend and actually tells her that he thinks that the men he got into the fight at the bar with hired a group of people to oh beat him god. up. Oh my god! Yeah. Yo. This is when it starts getting crazy, dude. <laughs> so, he is Don't back at this Don't ever fight anyone at bars, because they'll, they'll yep. come get you. So, he returned to this hotel, he slept it off, he woke up around noon and called his girlfriend, who was back at home, and told him, hey, I think these guys were hired to beat me up. Yeah, yeah, 
Jesus Christ. And that was that. Uh, he moved on, and him and his friends spent the rest of his vacation again. Normal. And with a ruptured eardrum. Those yeah. hurt, too. Those, those are like hurt. Those like, are not like a little injury. That's No, so he was like, oh, my ear hurts, but I don't want to go to a doctor. Which is something I'll yeah. actually talk about later, because it's okay. a part of a theory. Okay. But. So, over July 5th and 6th, Lars and his friends hung out around the hotel by the pool and nearby beaches again, and everything was normal. Yeah. They just kind of, like, ignored the entire fact that he was just beat up by the They're like, well, that was fun, wasn't it? (laughs) And then they (laughs) moved on. On to the next day. Yes, exactly. So, then, on July 7th, the trip began to conclude, and the gang checks out of their hotel. This is when Lars points out... I like how you call them the gang. Yes. That's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote this at, like, 9.30 last night, and I had just been researching for, like, two hours straight, so... The gang! So, the gang checks out of the hotel, and Lars points out that his ear is still giving him pain, and that he's concerned about flying home, as it could damage his hearing. Mm, That is a thing, yeah. Yeah. And he didn't want it to affect his job since he was doing really well in the field where he worked. Yeah, yeah. So, around noon that day, he and one other friend visit a doctor who tells Lars that he has a ruptured eardrum and that he is unable to fly home until it is properly properly treated at a nearby hospital. Yeah, ruptured eardrums. Like, any type of ear injury, you really don't yeah. want to be in a plane. Also, like, you don't want to be messing with them because they know, can throw off your equilibrium and mm-hmm. shit. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I didn't know? An ear injury you're not supposed to go on a plane from. <laughs> Oh no. Criminal minds. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Hotchner was in an yeah. explosion and then he wasn't allowed to be on the job for a while or go on the jet because his ears were ruptured. <laughs> Weird too connection. Many, too many connections. Uh, that's like the thing I thought of first. I was like, I that's know. That's so funny. I know how this is true. I know. <laughs> From a 2000 NBC <laughs> crime show. I, I 100% love know it's in true. House. Criminal minds. Yes. My favorite. So. He's like, oh, dang, guess I can't fly home. Well, yeah. So, before heading over to this hospital for treatment, Lars goes back to the hotel and meets up with the rest of his friends around 5 p.m. He's talking to his friends, and he's like, hey, you guys just catch the flight home, and I'll stay behind in Varna until I'm cleared to fly home by my doctor. Okay. So. Which is, like, nor Like, it's a very typical thing, and it's, like, I guess. I was gonna say smart, but I was like, I wouldn't say smart because he, like, let everyone else leave. Yeah. It's, it's. It was, like. It's, like, the, self, like, selfless thing to do, because yeah, you yeah. always put others first. It is first. very selfless, yeah. So he was like, hey, I don't want you guys to, like, stay behind just because of me, and, like, obviously, in hindsight, we're like, no, 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 But, you know, alas, yeah. here we are. So, a few hours later, around 8 p.m., all of Lars' friends pile into a shuttle to the airport, and Lars gets into a separate taxi to go to the hospital, and this is when they go their separate ways. Okay. This would be the last time any of his friends see him again. Ooh. It's not the last time he's seen, but it's the last time, time they, they see, see him. him. Yes. Okay. So, that's kind of like the series of events that led up to what I'm about to talk about next. Okay. Very exciting. Because from this point on, slowly you see him behave very in oddly. a very strange mm-hmm. way. Okay. And I have so many theories, but we'll get into those after we get through the series of events. The series of events, yes. Lars takes this taxi to the hospital and is finally seen by a doctor at 8.40 that evening. Okay. Uh, However, due to some form of miscommunication, he's not checked into the hospital and is instead sent on his way with a prescription 
for 500 milligrams of cefrazil. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but... Some sort of thing. It's a common antibiotic for ear infections oh. that was often used to treat ear-type injuries. Related issues, yeah. Yeah, in Bulgaria. Okay. So, an hour later, at 9.40, Lars climbs into the same cab that had been shuttling him around earlier and asks the driver to take him to the nearest pharmacy. This pharmacy, however, did not have enough meds to fulfill his prescription, so he's sent to the pharmacy farther away. He finally gets back into his cab and goes to this pharmacy where he obtains his meds around 10.05 that evening. Okay. So it's been a while. It's, yeah. It's but he like finally has his medication. Almost two whole hours, yeah. He gets back into the cab and asks him to take him to a cheaper hotel that may have a room available because the sum- they were in Bulgaria during this really busy summer season. Well, and they also had, like, checked out of yes. their hotel because they were all expecting to leave on that. So day. now the concern was that he wouldn't find a room, so he was like, hey, do you know of any hotels that may have an open room? Yeah, and yeah. this cab driver takes him to Hotel Color Varna. Hotel Color, C-O-L-O-R. I was very yeah. confused by that name when I heard it. Color, so. like, you know. The color. Yeah, a color. <laughs> so, it's a hotel in the poorer area of Varna, and it was, like, a little shady, but, you know... Yeah. It's a place to stay. It is, yeah. He arrives at this hotel at 10.10, checks into a room, and from there heads to the bar in the hotel to grab himself some water. Okay. As one does. Yes. He remains there from this time to around 11 p.m. and is said to have taken his Cepprizil tablets during this time. Okay. So he went down there, got a drink of water, and took his meds. Yeah. This is when his behavior takes a change. Okay. Around 11 p.m., he goes back to his room, and he makes a call to his mom, Sandra, from a cheap phone that he obtained in Barcelona, because he left his smartphone at home. Like, like yeah. all the way in, like, Germany at home? Yeah. Oh. Which I thought was weird. Like, I would, like, <laughs> I wouldn't walk down the street without my phone, like. Yeah, so he gets this Well, I mean, this is also Bulgaria. not, like, present time, but it's, True. it's not, like, super long ago either. No, because this was 2014. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, so, I would... Yeah. I would have my phone. At that point, I feel like... So, he didn't have his smartphone, and so he bought this phone somewhere in Bulgaria, and it was, like, a phone that you had to pay for minutes on. Oh, so, okay. he only had a set amount of time on this phone, which is interesting. Yeah. So, he calls his mom around 11 p.m. that night and is telling her everything. Oh, from okay. the altercation fr- with the soccer fans to the like, fight he got into on the street. Yeah. He's and just, then, like, telling, <clears throat> saying all of it. Yes. And then he's telling her that when he went to the hospital, the doctor was mocking him for his ear pain. Mocking him? Like, making fun of his symptoms and saying, like, oh, it's not a big deal. Do we think that's true, or was that maybe a speculative it's thing? unclear. Okay. But no, this I is don't... what he told his mom. <laughs> I don't feel like many doctors are going to go into the doctor and be like, oh, yeah. stupid. So, pain. he's talking to his mom about this, and, like, this is what he's, this is from what his mom heard yeah, from yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, And he talks to her about how he's worried and he needs to get home, but he doesn't know how he's gonna get home. Mm-hmm. He then asks his mom for money to cover the medication, and she's like, oh, okay, like, I'll help you out, like, you're my son. Exactly. And then he asks her to put in a health insurance request, which would provide him with safe travel home. Now, I don't know a ton about this, but it basically has to do with the fact that he got injured, which didn't allow him to come home as scheduled in another country, and so this request would cover, like, costs and would get him on a flight home. Okay. 
uh, and it would be covered by this insurance. Okay. But she do- hangs up with him. She does this, but her request is denied. So she calls him back to let him know. Yeah. And his behavior only got weirder. Okay. He tells his mom that he needs to leave because something is off about hotel color. He then asks his mom to cancel his credit cards because he saw the receptionist copy his credit card upon his check-in at the hotel, and he was freaking out because, obviously, like, this isn't normal, and he's never seen anyone do that at a hotel. Interesting. So he's, like, real paranoid, and he's freaking out and telling her all of this. She asks him if that's what he wants, since, like, once she deactivated the cards, she wouldn't have been able to reactivate him for them at a later time. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my voice is, like, giving out, and I am struggling, but... Yeah, we'll get through it. You know. Okay. Pushing that voice. Continue. Um, Lars is like, hey, no, I want you to do this, like, I need you to cancel these credit cards for me. Okay. And assures her that he has enough cash on hand to make it home. After this... That's... Yeah. People don't usually carry that much <laughs> cash with them, like, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> most cash I have on me at any given time is, like, 20 bucks. And that's, no, yeah. And for, like, I don't know. I don't know if that is... So he's telling her all of this, and she's like, okay, and she cancels these credit cards. Um, After this, she's, like, getting exceedingly worried about him, so well, she yeah. purchases her son a bus ticket out of Varna for the next day, July 8th, at 11.30 p.m. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, really Blaze. struggling. My voice just decided, like, halfway through. Talks for 25 minutes and go downhill real quick. (laughs) No, I was like, so I'm sorry about this, but we're gonna try to push through. So, she then is, like, begging with him. She's like, please try to get some rest because you're gonna have to travel a lot tomorrow. Like, just try to get some sleep. And she hangs up the phone. Okay. However... (laughs) (laughs) I'm having such a hard time. I'm gonna get a drink of water real quick. (laughs) Intermission. Okay, so <laughs> she then asks again. She's like, "Get some rest." But before it even turns midnight, he called her at like eleven. Mm-hmm. Before it could even turn to midnight, she receives another call from him, and he acts even more paranoid than before. Goodness! So this is like a relatively short time span too yes. that he's kind of like devolving it's like real quick. Yeah. So he's on the phone and he goes on about something being wrong with Hotel Color, but doesn't go into detail. Mm-hmm. And he's being really vague. And it's he's speaking to her as almost as if he was like trying not to reveal a ton of details because he was being listened to or wiretapped. Interesting. And that's kind of what she was picking up. She tries to comfort him and is like, hey, no, it'll be okay. Like, you're going to be home with us in like Germany, like real soon. Yeah. But he ends the call shortly saying he needs to get out of there. So he hangs okay. up with her. Then it, she doesn't hear anything for a few hours. And then she gets another call from her son somewhere between the hours of 2.30 and 3 in the morning where he acts even more oddly. And this time is whispering to her over the phone. Mm. So he's on the phone and Kind he's, of furthering the thing of, like he's being listened like, to. Like listened to. Well, the interesting thing is he's not using the hotel's like <clears throat> phone because yeah. well, at least like, you know, from every hotel I've ever stayed in, they have like a... A phone. phone that you can use in the Yeah. Place. He's using the phone that he had paid for. So it's so. not like, I don't know, it's not like the yes. risk would be higher with a, ho- a, hotel, a hotel provided phone, but yeah. I don't know. So he's acting real paranoid, and when he's whispering to her on this call, he's telling her, this is the jump. Okay, okay, He okay. says, 
I'm being followed by four men who want to kill me. Uh, sorry. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, is the becoming being so killed by a, something. a ghost or something. Oh my gosh. He's, like, real frightened on this call, and he's even more paranoid, and he's being like, I'm being followed, they're gonna kill me, like, I need to get out yeah. of here, and at this point, he's not in the hotel. Oh, okay. Like, so he's, he's no... running. Oh, okay, he's, like, on, he's, like, on, he's the on his way. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's on the street somewhere, it's not clear exactly where, but it's clear that he's not in the hotel anymore, and that okay. he had left that area. Okay. So, then he hangs up with her, and she's like, what she's the hell like, is what? going on? Well, yeah, your son calls you, and he's like, my four men are gonna try to kill me, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, literally, and he whispers this to her. Like, That's true, yeah, yeah. He's like, like, I'm sure you'll get into this later in theories, but my immediate first thought is the guys who were quote-unquote hired to beat him up. Yeah. That is I'll my- I'll talk about that I, later. I'm sure you will, but that was just like my yes. immediate first thought, you know? So then Sandra hears nothing from him until she receives two very odd texts, one at 3.06 and one at 3.15, both saying, what is Sefzil 500? Was Sefzil an actual word, or was it, like, a scribble thing? It was, like, a, like, a mistype, because his medication that he had been given was Sefrazil. Oh, 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 okay. I was, like... 500. I was, like, is that so, an actual word, or, like, he no. just... something He was just, like, typed like, out a bunch of random yeah. letters. Okay. So, I assume that this was him, like, being kind of, like, out of his mind and being confused by his own meds. Yeah. And this is also what Sandra assumed, and quickly she realized something was wrong. Mm-hmm. She, I have many thoughts right now, but I'm yes. going to wait to share them until theories. She then books Lars a flight home for 4.20 p.m. on July 8th. Okay. And did they say, like, that was... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Was that supposed to be a time where he would be cleared to fly, or did they just not care at that point? Were they just At kinda, that like, point, she was home? just trying to get him home. Okay. That's because... At least that's what I'm... Understanding aware. from yeah. it. Because uh, I didn't know if they were still trying to wait for that, like, clearance or... Yeah. You know, I'll, they're just trying to get him out of the country. There's a point later where they do, so I'll talk okay. about that. So, around 5 a.m., Lars is seen hailing a new taxi on a street in Varna somewhere. Okay. And he asks this cab driver to take him to Varna Airport. Okay. The other passenger in this taxi, so there's another person in this taxi. That's interesting. And when interviewed later, she reported Lars to have extremely dilated pupils. Hmm. Again, and now I have another theory. Yes, I'll talk about it later, because yeah. that's part of one that I personally believe to be what happened. So. Or something similar? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, when he gets the, to the airport, he asks, like, a few employees about how he can get money through the Western Union banking system. Okay. So now he's, like, acting a lot more coherent, which is weird. Yeah. Well, like, if you think of someone... <laughs> oh my god! If you think of someone, like, kind of frazzled and out of their mind and panicked, I wouldn't, like... You know, obviously, I've never been, like... As yeah. far as I can tell, I've never been as frazzled as he's been. But, like, you know, you don't go into an airport and you're like, where can I, perchance, find the Western <laughs> Union, Union banking, banking system? Like, yes. I don't know. So, then he calls his mom again. Okay. Being careful not Dude, to Dude, use... this poor mom, he must, she must be, like, freaking out. No, literally, like, I feel so bad for her during all this. Well, because, like, it's your son, and you don't know what's going on. He's not, no, yeah. He's in a different country and all this stuff. So after a bit of confusion, like, she transfers him this money based on the system, and he gets 500 euros to try to get back home. Okay. 
Um, Which is, like, you know, a pretty then, good amount. Yes. And during this call, she also is like, hey, here's the flight I booked you. Like, I need you to try to get on this flight to get home. Yeah. Like, go check in with the airport, because there's a medical center at the airport. Mm, and yeah. she asks him to go check in with the doctor there before flying and tells him to, like... She's like, hey, um, once you get more information, call me back. But if you can't fly, I also booked you the bus out of Varna at 11.30 that night. Okay. Oh, my she voice. Really, his mom's doing the most. She's, like... She's, like, really trying yeah. to get him home. And she's, like, clearly concerned about Well, I'm him. sure, yeah. So... You kind of have to be. So, she's trying to get him home. And then she suggests he cleans up in a bathroom and then goes and sees the doctor. And then, again, calls him, her back when he has information that tells him, like, I can take the flight or I need to take this the is, bus. This is dangerous or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... After a while of not hearing anything, Sandra calls him back because she's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, worried about him. And then this leads to, like, the strangest call that she yes. gets the entire time. Okay, okay. She hears only an in- unintelligible whisper from Lars on the other end. Okay. So, so he, he picks did, up. He did pick up, okay. But it's, it's like... better than I was expecting, yeah, honestly. Yeah, but he's like... That was a real creepy thing. You just... <laughs> I don't know if that even got picked up on the she recording. Went, and I'm like, what the fuck? So, like, that's all she heard. And then the call yeah. is Just ended? Yeah. Okay. And so she's like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. And this is the last time she hears from her son. Oh, that's sad. I, I feel know. bad for this mom. She seems like a good so woman. I feel so bad like, for her. You know, like, advocating for him. No, and, like, and she's, like, to get trying to get him home. And help him out and... Yeah. And so she's trying to call him again, but she's receiving no answer at this point. Yeah. This is when we get into the series of events that transpired at the airport. Okay. So. See, I think this is the thing I maybe have heard about. Like, yes, the it is. footage thing, yeah. <laughs> so. Do you have it pulled up, or? I do have the footage pulled up, but we're gonna yeah, watch yeah, it later. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Around 9 a.m. on July 8th, Lars finally meets with Dr. Castell at the airport's medical center. Okay. After around 42 minutes, the doctor clears Lars for flying and gives him medicated eardrops to help with the pain. Okay, so he is, like, cleared for flying. Yes. Okay. And he also offers Lars, like, more pills to help with this pain, but he refuses. He's like, no, 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 I'm not taking any more, like, pills. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But he accepted the eardrops? Yes. This is when, around 10 a.m., Lars signs a waiver, clearing his- This is the footage that is very famous. Yeah. Around 10 a.m., he signs a waiver, clearing him to fly, and then asks to go to the restroom, whispering under his breath that he'd be back. So he's, like, signing this, and he's like, hey, can I go to the bathroom? I'll be back, I'll be back, I'll be back, I'll be back. What the? That's weird. That's a weird, that's a weird, like, He is seen on CCTV footage, booking it out of the medical office, like, sprinting. Yeah, this is the thing I've seen. Without his stuff, through the front doors of the airport, like, across the street, across a field, over a fence, and into a nearby forest along Bulgarian Highway A2. This is the thing I've seen, yes. Into which he's never seen again. Yeah, that's the thing I've I've only seen the footage, <laughs> I think. This is the last time 28-year-old Lars in a tank is ever seen. So now I'm going to show Savannah that footage, and we're also probably going to upload it. Yeah. Um, so we'll let put me... it on Instagram, because... So this is him walking in to... If it will load. Hello. Okay. This is him walking in to the airport with all his stuff. He got a nice yellow stuff. shirt, and he, he got, like, a bag and a backpack. <clears throat> yes. He has all his stuff. This is where he walks into this office. Then the footage cuts. Oh, my God. Oh. And he runs. He is running. He's, like, sprinting. Okay, he's, like, kind of doing more of a jog outside. 
Yes, his behavior changes throughout yeah. this footage. Okay, and then he's, like, almost doing a zigzag type thing? Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So he's still, like, running around, but not quite as aggressively as yeah. the beginning. Um, and this is the this last is the time he's seen again. Or the forest, I mean. Interesting. So he's still kind of keeping that jogging pace, but what kind of shocked me at the beginning was out of the medical office, he was like... He was booking it. Yeah, he was going. Like... And then he, like, kind of kept to a jog pace, but... The weird thing to me about this footage is the way his behavior changes, and I'll talk a little bit... Well, he looked confused a little, too. He was, like, kind of, like, unsure, but then he just... Yeah. So he, like... When you watch the footage, you see him sprint, sprint, like, as fast as he can like he's running for his life out of the actual office but then he gets outside and he's kind of almost he's just like jogging he's like jogging a little and it's not like a fast jog either it's no it's like a slow jog like a casual jog and then in the footage you can see him almost avoiding people yeah like he's just like he's like almost zigzagging a little bit yes and i'll talk about it later but there's a point where he avoids like specifically police on this site so interesting okay so, yeah, there's, like, the footage is interesting, to say the least. Yes. And we will, as, like, if we are capable, at least as far as we'll I know, try we'll to try to upload it or it. a link or something so yeah. you guys can watch this. Or if we can't, just look it up on YouTube. It's, like, everywhere. Yeah. So, <clears throat> my voice is hanging on, but it's <laughs> By slowly <a> going. <laughs> By a thread we're holding Can on. you tell that we've both been sick? Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to briefly get into the search for him, mm-hmm. which there wasn't much detail on, at least not that I could find. Yeah. Well, in cases and, like, like these, it's always kind of hard to yeah. find certain details. And, like, at least for us being American and, like, cases that are more, like, in European. other parts of the world is yeah. a little harder to research anyway. Especially when a lot of the sources on, like... The investigation are in like Bulgarian. Yeah, because like... you know it happened in Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. So, following his run into the forest, his mom is attempting to locate him from home, and she's like, "Cause like the last thing she knew is she got this weird call from him, and it's now trying to find him." Yeah, yeah. So she's like calling the honorary consulate to ask about her son's whereabouts, which Interesting. is like a big like government based organization mm-hmm. in like another country, and she's like, "I need you guys to help me find my son." Yeah. And she eventually talks oh, to a woman. Be so worried. Yes, I would be too. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. So, she eventually gets into contact with this woman, who's like, "Hey, I'll help you out. Like, let me go talk to the people at the airport." Yeah, yeah. This is when she gets a call back around eleven a.m. and is told about his like frantic escape from the airport and how yeah. he left all of his belongings behind. Well, yeah, because in the very beginning, you could see he had a backpack and a whole other bag, and he yeah nothing when he left. When he left, he just booked it. Like, by himself. Like, he without... ran. Yeah, yeah, So, on July 9th, a missing persons report is filed for Lars Matank, and um, actually, his job, like, the place he worked, uh-huh. hired a private investigator who was based in Varna to help find him. Oh, so, like, dang. there are a lot of people. So, it's like advocacy going up. It's not like a, well, I guess we'll see, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are a lot of people looking for this guy. Okay. However, sadly, despite multiple searches and leads and potential sightings, Lars Matank is still missing after nearly eight years now. Dang. Yeah. So, like, there have- I'm gonna talk about one in particular, like, towards the end. There have been, like, a few sightings of him, 
Well, supposed like, supposed sightings. sightings. Yeah, yeah. But there's been no concrete evidence to show that he's alive or to show he's dead, even. Yeah. Well, that's like, the thing with missing person cases <clears throat> is, like, um, you can be declared dead in absentia, but, like, yeah. because, you know, you never find a body and but... You know, there's also nothing to say he's not alive, but... Exactly. It's, all sorts this of case stuff. is so weird because there's literally no evidence either like, way. of anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sandra still believes that her son is alive and that the injuries he sustained made him become homeless, like, due to disorientation of some sort. Okay. So, his family still searches for any sign of him throughout Europe and they have not given up hope. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. So, the largest and pretty much only piece of information we have in this case is the series of CCTV footage clips, which we just viewed. Dude, CCTV footage is, like, so I good love in CCTV cases. It's, like, footage. my favorite thing. <laughs> but it freaks me out. I remember watching an episode of Unsolved Mysteries with this guy of, like, footage, and, like, for some reason it just freaks freaked you me out. out. Like, footage in cases is the thing that, like, really gets me. The Lisa Lamb footage is, like, my least favorite yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the, that's the worst footage ever. Yeah. <laughs> this I one found. is just confusing this because one, yeah, this behavior one's just confusing. is, like, up and down. Like, yeah, yeah, his yeah. behavior's all over the place yeah. in that footage. Like, but, erratic. Yeah. So... That's pretty much it, like, as far as, like, concrete investigation. And, like, I'll talk about a sighting that, like, police were like, okay, so it's definitely him, right? And then it yeah. didn't turn out to be him. Anything. But, but I will talk about that. Starting theories now? Yes. Yay! Theories. I'm so excited. Theories! I'm so excited, because I've been waiting to talk about You've this. been... You're like, I think well, I, I keep, don't... I keep thinking things that I'm like, I need to wait. <laughs> yeah, so. Now okay. we get to talk about a few theories, Wonderful. which are so fun. Okay. So. The biggest, so I'm going to talk about, like, a few of the bigger theories in detail, and then I'll mention a couple at the end. Okay. First, I'm going to talk about the stalking theory. Okay. Love a good stalking theory. So, the one big theory is that uh, Lars was, in fact, stalked throughout his vacation by the men who had previously beaten him up. Yeah. That's, uh, like, the first thing, especially (laughs) when he said the, like, four men are looking to kill me, I was like, 100% that, you know? Well, it's yeah. just, like, my first immediate thing. So, many people wonder if the men that had intent, like, had beat him up had intended to inflict more damage on him, but that he escaped prematurely, which led them to stalk him until eventually they caught up to him at the Varna airport, which is why he ran so fast yeah. out of there. And, you know, like Savannah said, it's, like, immediately, you're like, oh my gosh, that's definitely it, right? Well, because... immediately, that's, like, the immediate first thought, at least for me. Yeah, like, because, like, he had gotten beaten up by those men. And, like, and then he it, said four men are, like, coming following and Following me, me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So it's, like, pretty easy to connect those dots. Uh-huh. However, this is not the theory I think, like, explains his behavior. It's the most rational, yeah. Because it, no one reported him, like, talking to anyone else at the airport, and no one, like, was fo- seen following him. Well, yeah, that's, like, witnesses, because, like, you know, at least from the yeah. footage, you could see, like, multiple other people were there. And, and it's like, you, no one was chasing him in the footage. Or if you, like, or any witnesses saw, like, four men, like, kind of hanging around him a bit too much or something, yeah. you know? And so, it was also reported that he was acting really normal up until, like, when his friends left. And if he had been stalked that entire time, he would have been acting paranoid mm-hmm. for like, longer. sooner. Yeah. yeah. And it also doesn't explain some of the more erratic behavior he experienced that was, like, more like someone's listening to me and, like, they're wiretapping my phone and, yeah, yeah. like, things, like, of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, it could be said that, like, maybe he felt comfortable with his friends and then once they left, like, 
everything well, went when downhill, but... you're with other people, you feel safer. It's like, yeah. you know, being alone is a lot more vulnerable, so... So, it's like, that could be said, but in my opinion, this one's, like, it doesn't really have anything concrete yeah. to say, like, it's, hey... On surface level, it makes a lot of sense, and then, like, as you look a little more into it, yeah. it doesn't as much. Okay, the next two I'm gonna talk about... These are just... I'm sorry. Are they way out there? I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Are they, so, like, n- totally unreasonable? Like, I could see how people think that, but in my opinion, I just kind of sit there and go, what the fuck? It's like the Yeti one for Dara Fast. Yeah. Gotcha. So, Alright. Prepared. The other thing people think that goes <laughs> along with the stalking theory is that Lars, after he was beaten up, was roped into a narcotics operation. What? With a group of Bulgarian men. As one often is. As one <laughs> is. So people theorize that, like, these people beat him up and were like, hey, you need to make this drug, like, drop for us. What the fuck? I thought, I feel like that, <laughs> I'm not in the drug world, but I feel like maybe you don't just find a random guy on the street and is like, you're a drug dealer now. Plus, also, these are a group of Bulgarian drug dealers. He doesn't even speak Bulgarian. <laughs> like, <laughs> <That doesn't... laughs> like, this guy's just... German. Right? Like, the... So, Interesting. People theorized that, like, his refusal to see a doctor sooner was, like, because he didn't want to draw attention to himself and didn't want people to know what was going on because he was scared of the people who had roped him into this. This is a little out there. Yeah. yeah. And then that he used his ear injury as an excuse to stay behind when his friends left. Ah. So he could make this drop. He- Except, like, <laughs> an official doctor said that he had the thing. Though. Yeah. Like, it oh, wasn't like he- wait. It wasn't like he faked an ear injury. Unless he did. Just <laughs> wait. <laughs> the face Delaney's giving me. Because then people are like, actually, you know what gives credit to this? He was driven around by the same taxi driver the night of the 7th, like, that drove him multiple different places. I was kind of wondering about that, because you kept saying, get get back into his taxi, yeah. and I was like, the same one? And it was the same one. But people are like, this taxi driver was sent by the Bulgarian men to make sure he made the drug drop. Like, <laughs> so why did the taxi driver do it? <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> like, it's like, guys. I feel like... What? There's no point in roping in the, like, just random guy that you just met who doesn't even speak the same language as you to get him to do the... No, literally. Well, because, I mean, like, if it's a, a problem of, like, we don't want to get caught for it, it's like, don't send a guy with him then. Yeah. Either have the guy do it or have the guy not be there. And then people say that, like, him going to Hotel Color was him, like, backing out of this and getting scared that, like... like he was gonna get beat up, and that's why he called his mom, and that's why he was like, these four guys are gonna kill me! I, I don't, yeah, no. And I'm then, not feeling this one. Yeah, and then people theorized that he went to the airport to make the drop, and that's why he left all his stuff behind. Um, and Did that, they find his stuff, the police? Yes, I'll talk about that. Okay, I was like, because if there's drugs in there, then that makes this a lot more plausible. And so people are like, he left his stuff there, and that's where the drugs were, and that's why he took off running because he was like, I'm out of this now and I don't want to get caught. And that's also why he was avoiding the police in the CCTV footage. Okay. But. No. (laughs) This theory is real unlikely because, like, like you said, why would a random group of, like, Bulgarian (laughs) drug operatives and just, like, pick up this random guy on the street and they're like, hey. Okay. You want to make a drug deal? He's like, what? And they're like, make a drug deal or we'll kill you. Like, um. No, that makes no sense. Yeah. Plus, Police did recover things in his things from the airport. Yeah. And 
there were like no drugs. <laughs> like the, if that, if those bags were there for a drug drop, then why were there no drugs in there? <laughs> no, there there were no traces of drugs. There were no drugs found. It was just his stuff. Yeah. So literally, all that there is to this theory is that it's like coincidence. Yeah. However, people didn't just stop there. Oh God. People. <laughs> say, well, what if he wasn't forced to make this drug deal? He just was a drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I very People do not are believe like, that. The reason he didn't go to McDonald's with his friends. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Let me get through this theory. People are like, the reason he didn't go to McDonald's with his friends is so he could stage the, like, fight with these men. <laughs> attack? Yeah. And that he could fake his ear injury. So that he could later meet up with them at the hospital to get the drugs to make the drop. Say your arms hurt and go to the hospital. Just say your arms hurt and you don't have to fake no, an attack and like a random ear injury. Because that's not a very like common thing. Again, there's no physical evidence as to him being a drug dealer. What the fuck? Also, Lars has no previous criminal record. Yeah. So like it's not would... like he was a drug dealer before, and then <laughs> like how would he go from normal guy to drug dealer in two hours? Like, no, sorry. Like uh-uh. the drug thing, the only thing that would maybe make that plausible to me is like the fact that he did get meds from the doctor's office. But like the fact that he took them though, yeah, it's like it's not like he like went to a doctor's office and was like drugs. Yeah, give me some morphine, and then like sold it. It was like. Yeah. You know, he also, got specific again, medif- medications and then took them for also, his problem. he's in a foreign country. Yeah. That been like- he doesn't speak Bulgarian. <laughs> he doesn't have any associates who are like, Bulgarian. Yeah. Or Russian, for that matter, because people have thought maybe it was a Russian drug operation. Oh my god. No. Sorry. Uh-uh. Yeah. So. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> 100%. Literally, that how would he even happened. be connected? Because he knows no one in Varna. So no. it's like, how would he... No. Sorry. No, a no. Bulgarian drug operation. Nope. Yep. That one's not calling it <coughs> calling that out calling right now. Out. No. So that's the drug dealing, those two theories, because people think either he was forced at gunpoint to that makes no sense. drop drugs or maybe that he was already a drug dealer. No. Also it doesn't make sense because if he did this, then why wouldn't he just go back home? Exactly. Like, <laughs> sir. Like, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. So this one is out there. This is another out there one. Okay, it seems <clears> like there's a lot of out there ones in this. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about a couple at the end that I do believe. Okay. So, <clears throat> but this one. This one has to do with a corrupt doctor. Ooh. <clears throat> so. Getting with the corruption, love that. Ano- yes. Another person people suspect, like, who could, they were like, hey, this guy probably scared him off. Is the doctor who treated Lars right before he booked it out of the airport. Dr. Like the Christow. airplane doctor? The airport doctor? Yeah. People are like, he's suspicious. And to be fair, I see why people think he's suspicious. I have not heard yet why he's suspicious, but this already doesn't make sense, because why was he acting paranoid way before he even met the doctor? Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, people suspect that maybe Dr. Castell had something to do with it, because he changed his story three times when he was interviewed by police. Always not a good sign. Each time, he claimed a person that had, like, a third person had come into this office looking for Lars. However, this person, whoever it was, changed each time he told the story. Okay. So first he said, 
it was an airline employee who was looking for Lars because they were from the flight that he was supposed to take and had information regarding his ticket or something like that. Yeah. Then he said it was just an airport laborer looking for Lars because, like, he needed to book his... Something. Like, he needed to register his suitcase or something like something, that. Something, something, yeah. Then he said, this third person came in, but I don't know who they are. They don't work at the airport. <laughs> Sir? <laughs> Um, and then he's like, actually, there was no third person. I don't know. Buddy. So. If anyone's a drug dealer, it might have been him. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, literally. What the fuck? So, he actually ended up pointing police to a person who he claimed to recognize as the man. And they looked into this. However, it turned out to be false, as he wasn't even at the airport that day. (laughs) So. (laughs) He was like, that looks like the right guy, guys. (laughs) Yeah, and that this guy was, like, not even in the area. He was like, nope. (laughs) So, in fact, like, holes began to appear in his statements, like, left and right, as, like, he was there at 10 a.m., and his flight wasn't till 4.20. So if an employee did come looking for him, why, how would they know he's there? Or, like, that early, too. Yeah, exactly. It was, like, 4.15. They are like, hey, buddy, you need to be mm-hmm. on your flight. Like It's like, no, that's not how that I, works. No, that makes... His stories also didn't line up with the official reports that were in, like, police information. So oh. there's no way a third man existed in this, okay. like, whole story. That's weird. But Maybe then it's, like... He was just trying to, like, get <clears throat> suspicion off of himself or, like, feed into that, like... Drug dealer? I don't know. Something. It, that doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense to me, but I I don't know. It leaves... Like, this is one that's weird to me because it leaves the question of, like, why did he lie? And, well, because I don't, I don't see how he could be connected <laughs> to it, but I also don't understand why he He lied. would lie. Yeah. yeah. Authorities did rule him out as an official suspect, and he seemingly has, like, no motive to do this. Well, exactly. It it doesn't make sense why he would be connected to the case, but it doesn't make sense why he would lie about it either. Yeah, exactly. So people still wonder if either he was involved or if he was paid off to change his story. That makes a little more sense to me, maybe. Yeah. That kind of gives maybe, like, a motive of lying, because I was like, there's no way he, like did anything, No, right? like, he's not involved. Well, because, well, like, Lars was way more, like, he was, like, having all these problems way before he even, like, saw the doctor. doctor. Yeah, yeah. like, so there's no way that it was, like, the paid-off thing maybe makes some sense. Yes. So, who knows, there could be some corruption there, but, like, there's nothing saying, like, what he did exactly other than lie. Yeah. So. Something. There the, you go. the drug dealing theory and that theory are, like, ones that I'm like, what? <laughs> Excuse? So, now I'm going to get into two theories that I do think are rather plausible. Okay. So I'm, these are the ones that I personally think are the most likely. Okay. So the first one is the mental health crisis, and the second is drug-induced psychosis. I am very <laughs> interested to hear about the drug-induced psychosis because that's I my, also am thinking about that. Yes. That's my personal one that I think is, like... And I have a theory about it as yes. well. So, some... Some people theorize about how Lars, at 28 years old and being a male, was right on the demographic that was most likely to start showing signs of schizophrenia. Interesting. That is, like, a yes. prime age, kind of. This one is, like, one I'm like, oh, I mean, like, I could see it, but this isn't the one I think is the most plausible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this more, is just it's more likely. More, it's more plausible than, you know... Drug dealing. Him but... being a drug dealer <laughs> for no reason. Yes. So... I could see, like, again, how this could happen, and with him being in a foreign country, it would only add to, like, this confusion. Yeah. But, again, 
a schizophrenic break is kind of, like, something that's led up to, almost. Yeah, it's not, I don't feel like it would be nearly as quick. Because from the stories that I've read or, like, some of the background knowledge I have, it, you know, you start to see instances of it that are, like, less severe than they, like, build up a little bit, you know? It's not quite, in a span of, like, five hours, he has a whole thing. It could explain, like, why he booked it out of the, uh airport so suddenly and like uh-huh. why he was wary of people around him and why he was paranoid and because par- paranoia is a thing that happens but yeah I, the, there's not a ton of evidence in the background to show that and it also should be noted that there wasn't a history of schizophrenia in his family or mm-hmm. any other type of like mental health issues yeah and he wasn't like back at home when he would go for checkups he wasn't deemed to be at risk by the medical professionals okay yeah so a schizophrenic break, although not impossible, is more unlikely in this case. Yeah. A similar theory to this, though, that I do believe is the most plausible explanation... Okay, here we go. ...as to why it happened... Here we go. ...is drug-induced psychosis caused by the cefrazil he was given. Yes, this is the thing that I was thinking. This is the as thing... As soon as you said pupils dilated, I said, hmm. Same. <laughs> like, I heard... I was watching a documentary about this, and I heard that, and I went, ooh. Interesting. Okay, so, I'm... Very interested to hear your thing on this. Yes. So, although Cefrazil is a common antibiotic used in Bulgaria, it was not commonly used in Germany because of its potential side effects. Oh. It was said to, in extreme cases, cause hallucinations, paranoia, irrational behavior, confusion, etc. Okay, all the stuff that he was exhibiting. Yes. <laughs> That's... Alongside <laughs> this, when the drug is given when someone has, like, any form of alcohol or other substance in their system, it is more likely to cause these symptoms in a, in a in an extreme way. Interesting. Okay. And before this, he had been drinking and partying with all of his friends. Well, yeah, they were at a bar until four in the morning. Yeah. So it could be seen that like he took this, and when it was mixed with the like alcohol already in his system, it led to a drug-induced psychosis. And like from what I can tell about what you said and, like, you know, the overall vibe of it. He wasn't, like, crazy drunk or anything. But, no, but... I mean, there wasn't a way he went to the bar until 4 a.m. and didn't have, you know, any a alcohol, drink. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, there's always a risk with things like this when they're... that he could have just been the unlucky person that experienced this. Yeah. And, like, a lot of what has been seen in other cases where this has happened with this drug is very similar to mm-hmm. what he experienced. And yeah, I'm like, this, this, yeah, this seems pretty yeah. right on the nose. So, in my opinion, this is the best explanation for his irrational behavior and covers, like, most of his symptoms. Well, the thing with, because I kind of thought this, too, like, way before, um, like, when you're in a paranoid state or any kind of, like, wrong, like, something, your me- mental state is not quite right, especially yeah. in a paranoid state, you can start associating, like, other things that have recently happened. Um, at least from what I understand, like, it can almost be, like, you know how when you dream, you, like... Yeah. You bring in the things that you saw from that day into your dream randomly, so it's, like, you know, you saw this random guy and he's in your dream that night or something. And it could and also it, uh, explain why he told his mom he felt like he was being followed That's and what I was gonna say. Him. Like, yep. because of the attack that happened, he, like almost, that became, like, the main center of his delusion, possibly. Yes. And I think that it's very, like, 
plausible also in that he didn't start acting really irrationally until he took his meds at yes. Hotel Yes, well, because the fact that people said that they saw him take his meds too, and then after that, the calls started happening. Yep, like, it was immediately after he took his meds that everything started to act weird, and yeah. because it was in such a short frame of time, yeah, drug-induced psychosis... Yeah. Is, like, that, real likely. That makes a lot of sense to me. Because schizophrenia isn't that sudden. It's not, like, a, you know, 10-hour type thing that all of a sudden you just are... Are crazy. Creepy. Like, yeah. you know, like... It's something that is often, like, Super schizophrenic all of a, a sudden. Yeah. And yeah. it's, like, months years in the making. Years to, in the making. Yeah. But, so, does it explain exactly where he went or where he is now? No. But I don't really know if we'll ever know that. Or, well, yeah, especially because like, there's no, like... There's no real leads or anything. Exactly. But this, I think, is the most plausible, and it would also explain why if he felt like he was in danger, he may have run out of the airport with nothing on his back, and then... Exactly. Like, if he felt he was in danger, then... Yeah, and then he could have just, like... Because it happens a lot. Like, people will experience a schizophrenic break or a drug-induced psychosis, and then they'll become homeless and, like, missing because they are so out of it that they don't know what's going on. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's pretty right on the nose to me. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That is the theory I think explains what happened. However, there are a couple other theories I just quickly want to, like, talk about. Like, brief over. Yeah. Yeah. So, the other two theories that I found were that he had a repetitive... He had repetitive brain aneurysms or some other type of brain condition. Interesting. Which led him to, like experience all of these symptoms and that he kind of went crazy and didn't understand what was going on and that's what led to him running away away yeah i don't know <laughs> and then the other one is that he was a hypochondriac and for those of you who don't know what a hypochondriac is is it's we someone about it in yeah one too it's someone who's like no, I have this medical condition. Like, you need oh, to treat different me. different thing. Different I thing. was totally... Wrong thing. <laughs> wrong thing. Nope. That Agoraphobia was... is what I was thinking that, of. Yeah. Totally different. My bad. Hypochondria <laughs> is when someone goes to a doctor and is like, hey, I, like, have this really rare disease when they don't, and it's yeah. like they're making Well, you're, like, convinced you yeah. have a medical thing. Yes, exactly. Um, And so people think that that maybe explains explains why the doctor was mocking his symptoms because he didn't actually have a burst eardrum and he was just making know. all of this up. But... <laughs> I don't know if the mocking with the doctor thing is true. <laughs> I don't know if that's... I feel like that's... Unless you went to, a, like, a real crazy doctor. Like, I don't feel I like you walk into a doctor's office. I think that might be by the drugs. Yeah, I'm like, took. I don't know. I don't know if that... I think I that might that be happened. something that he invented. Yeah, I don't know if so... he went into this doctor and the doctor was, like, mocking him for having an ear... <laughs> ruptured eardrum. Yeah. So, that, those are just a couple others that people have theorized about yeah. but i don't think those are yeah drug-induced psychosis is pretty yeah. right there for me exactly that makes a lot of sense so other than that there's not really much else to this case dang however i do want to talk about like one sighting that was fairly promising okay that didn't end up turning up anything but i still think yeah. it's interesting to talk about so a lot of people still like hope that he's alive because he was an experienced outdoorsman and so it's likely that even if he was confused, he was able to survive in the outdoors when he ran away. Mm-hmm. And also his body's never been found. So people well, are hope that. My thing, I, if I'm going off of the drug-induced psychosis, which makes the most sense to me, I don't think there's a way he can be alive because, you know, he only had so many of those pills. And if he, like, mm-hmm. if he kept taking them, supposedly, for, like, a while... 
then he's still running on this, like, delusion. But, you know, you're going to run out of them eventually. Yeah. And if you run out of them and you come to your normal senses, you can figure out, like, who you are. Who you are or, like, how to get home. Yeah. I think he probably, like, unfortunately came to some... Death. Death. Elements. Elements or, like, an accident or something. Because I don't feel like... If it's the drug-induced psychosis, which makes the most sense, I feel like he had to have died along that, you know? I personally also believe that he's most likely dead due to the fact that he hasn't shown up in yeah. any form. Mm-hmm. However, again, you can go ahead people with do yeah, yeah, yeah. hope that he is alive, and there have been, like, a few sightings, but none have been officially confirmed. Mm-hmm. So the intriguing one that I do want to talk about quickly came two years after he was Like, he disappeared in 2016. Mm -hmm. A homeless man bearing a disheveled but really similar... It is weird. Like, this guy looks a lot like him. Okay. I'll, like, maybe try to pull up some photos. Man bearing a disheveled but similar resemblance to Lars was spotted in Brazil. Okay. When asked who he was, the man was unable to answer the question, and he carried no idea on him, so he didn't know who he was. Okay. Or he just didn't want to say. Yeah. This man was brought to a hotel, and he was... Shortly discovered not to be Lars Matank. Yeah. He was, in fact, another man who had gone missing from Canada. Oh, dang. His name was Anton Philpa, and he had been missing since 2011. Dang. Although, yeah. So, although it wasn't Lars, and many people are, that gave them hope that, like, hey, maybe he could still be alive since this guy had been missing. I'm glad that guy had been found, though. That's... No, it was such a cool story, because even though it wasn't Lars himself yeah. it was still like well because very... we kind of talked about that with brian schaefer too is like how mm-hmm. you know there's been sightings and like the like the never... homeless guy yeah, yeah yeah in that case too i feel yeah but right he wasn't ever concluded yep. to be anything anyone else so this is uh, oh Lars, what the fuck and then this is them like editing a beard onto him as if Oh, like, I thought you, I thought like that now. was the guy the, the homeless guy and i was no. like what the fuck that's the same <laughs> no. dude that, so this is Lars, and this okay. is how they kind of, like, progressed his image to try to show. Let me look like, up. Like, what he would look like with facial hair. Let me see if I can get Anton. This is weird. He does bear a really striking resemblance. Oh, what the Doesn't fuck? he? That's, That's Anton. Weird. We'll That's weird. That's weird, yeah. We'll post photos of Anton, too, I feel. He does look very... he does look really similar. And especially, like, in this photo specifically, yeah. if you compare it to this one. Yeah, that's so. That's I can why... I can definitely see how they're not the same person, but they do look very. But similar. But they do look very very similar. Yeah. and police were like, "That's him, right?" Yeah, and then it just didn't end up being him. That's crazy, though. Uh-huh. I'm glad he got found. That's I'm... crazy. And there have been multiple cases like that where people will be missing for years, and then they like... just show up, and they just don't know who they are. Yeah, but and all sorts of crazy shit happens. Other than a few sightings that turned out to be false leads. That's it. That's it. In the Dang. case of Lars in the Tank. That was crazy. Yeah. So, I'm sorry about my voice crapping out, like, halfway through. <laughs> Multiple times. Multiple times. Um, but. Yeah, that was a crazy one. I like that We got one. through it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Coffee, Wine, and Crime, for suggesting, suggesting that it. one. It's crazy. Oh my god. At least that's who I think suggested yes. it, right? Yeah. But yeah. Whew. Yep. So, that's the case of Lars in the Tank. Um, if you know anything about it. Please don't, like, hesitate yeah. to get into contact Something with... Something that we didn't cover. Yeah. 
with us or if you know something about yeah. the case, please get into contact with the authorities in uh, Bulgaria or in Germany. But yeah. But Wow. That's all, right. all there is to that. Interesting. Yeah, Delaney before kind of said she was like, it's similar to like Natalie Holloway and Elisa Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb. There we but go. Like, um, but like also not, not, at all. not at all. Yeah. That was crazy though. Because it's like, the footage reminds me of Elisa Lamb and mm. like the- The hotel type the hotel thing too. hotel out of the country, yeah. like not at home type thing reminds yeah, yeah, me yeah. of Natalie Holloway, but nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like- Everything else in this case is so weird, and gave I gave a think... little Brian Schaefer. It was a, yeah. it was a mix of a lot of stuff we'd done. Before. It was. It was interesting that it's a really intriguing case, and I think it's really important to talk about things like this and talk about how, like, if you're in another country, maybe don't. Yeah, make sure you have people with you, and make sure you don't take, you know, weird Random meds. Meds. Yeah. That could induce psychosis Process, because or... you don't want to run into the woods and never be seen again yeah that's generally not like something that's you want. something that gave me chills yeah. when i was researching because i was typing like and that's last time he was seen and, and i was like, like oh <laughs> didn't like that yeah because it's like he books it into the woods and that's it that's it yeah <laughs> i was Ooh. like researching this and i was trying so hard not to message savannah and so i was like <laughs> forcing my mom and my dad to listen, <laughs> listen to, to this random stuff and they were like Cool. cool nice my mom was like he was eaten by a bear i <laughs> bet you anything he was eaten by also, a bear like, some type of natural or like nature yeah. death i feel maybe. i feel like maybe that is the most logical explanation as to why he hasn't been found and i hope that maybe i mean on like, obviously like, we hope we hope he's, he's alive, alive but i don't know if that's gonna i don't think that's, that's gonna likely. happen i hope that um his remains or any type of closure is found. Is found. Yeah. Because I think the family would really benefit from that. Yeah. But. All right. Well. That is it. Yeah. All right. Well. So that. Lars Matank. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. I feel like we need to keep, like, we need, we need to figure to out an talking. outro thing. I know. Because like, I never know how to end these. Yeah. We're just like, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I think that uh, our schedule's been crazy, but hopefully yeah. this is the start of normalcy. Yay. Woo. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you.